0: Welcome to the Vine Podcast. Today, we are going to have the return of the Vine Podcast draft. We did a draft episode, I think, about a year and a half ago, right at about a year and a half ago. We did it November 2020, and so we're bringing it back now, May 2022, we had a good time doing it last time, got good feedback, and so we thought, all right, it's time to bring back the draft. And so joining me are actually the same drafters that we had last time. So Rachel is here. Hello, Rachel.
1: Hey, I'm an experienced drafter. I'm ready for this.
0: Ready to go now.
2: All right. And Jason is here. Hello, Jason. Hey, I, I may be experienced, but I every draft I've ever participated in, I'm nervous about it. Am I going to make the wrong pick? <laughs> <laughs> Is are are my picks going to get pulled out from underneath me? Uh, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Let's let's get to it.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, the sports fan definitely comes out in me with with any uh, any type of draft conversation, and yeah, so I'm ex- I'm excited. We're gonna see how this goes. So what we're drafting today, we are drafting events or moments from the New Testament that we would like to drop in on. And I'm sort of envisioning this, uh, I have this image of Scrooge in in the not I've almost said the nightmare before Christmas.
2: Christmas what is, Carol.
0: A Christmas Carol. The name just totally went out of my head. Scrooge in a Christmas Charles carol Charles Dickens'
2: when, a Christmas carol. That's
0: yeah. Right. Well, my main connection to Christmas Carol is Muppets, Muppets Christmas Carol. That's what I think of.
2: Well, it's and still Charles Dickens. Even I know, the I know,
0: I know. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that's just the version that comes to my mind. Yeah. But Scrooge going back in time with the ghost, the ghost of Christmas past where they just kind of drop in on these scenes and he can't necessarily interact with them. They don't know he's there. Uh, But but he gets to kind of see and experience what's going on. So in my mind, that's what we're doing here. We're picking five scenes, five moments, five events from the New Testament, just from the New Testament, that we're going to drop in on and and get to experience. And so the way we're going to do this is we're going to go person by person, each of us creating a roster, if you will, to continue the sports lingo of five moments that we get to drop in on. Uh, from From the New Testament, looking back, and so i'm curious to see as as with any draft and as we did last time, what strategies we might have i'm very curious to see if the the top of our draft boards are the same as as everyone else's so we'll see how this goes and just to explain for if anyone's not real familiar with draft lingo, I will I, I may use the term draft board a lot. That's basically just a ranking of the the events that I have on my my spreadsheet here. I've got a spreadsheet going. I don't know how y'all have it, but oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready I, to go. I just have
2: a simple list. <laughs> well, just one, two, three. I I need see, to I'm learn. Confident. I need to learn a little bit more of your uh you know in-depth analysis and maybe well, i, I knew up I'd have my to, draft I, game. I
0: knew I'd have to move stuff around you know and well I went with this one above this one so it's okay. easier in a spreadsheet. So anyways <laughs> that's the plan uh, and we'll we'll see how this goes. So we'll draft our our five uh, five events and then uh, then see what we have and we'll we'll each give our picks as we go through it with a little explanation of of how we arrived at that pick. So I'm going to draw names now to see our draft order so that Person drafting in the number one spot, no cheating here, is gonna be Rachel. Rachel drafted first last yes. time.
1: I knew it too. I totally knew it. <laughs> okay, just, awesome. So,
0: and number two is going to be Warren. Woohoo! I'm second, and that means no submits here. Jason is third. Oh boy. So, okay,
2: so I, I do have a quick question, yeah, real quick, do, yeah, before we get started. Do Are we, need we to gonna to do just parameters? a straight You know, Rachel, Warren, Jason, Rachel, Warren, Jason, or are we going to do what's called a snake draft, where it would be Rachel, Warren, Jason, Jason, Warren, Rachel, Rachel, Warren, Jason, Jason, Warren, Rachel?
0: That's a great question. I draft second in every round anyway, so it doesn't
2: matter to me.
1: Uh, Maybe we
2: need to get like four or five people here for the next few drafts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think simpler might be better in this case. Okay,
2: all right. So Rachel I, Warren, I realize Jason, that
1: puts you last every time. Every
2: single round, as if I won the championship last time. Well, well there maybe. you go. Just view if it that you can, way.
1: If you can keep track of a snake, then power to you.
2: <laughs> now we'll just we'll just go keep just it simple. Go simple one yeah. two three one two three. Yeah, just one okay. two three every time. That, well, that, if you don't that's... feel good
0: about your list at the end, you can blame it on that then, Jason.
2: Oh, I most definitely will. Thank
0: you. <laughs> All right, Rachel, the draft is now underway. You are on the clock. Kick us off.
1: Awesome. Okay. My first draft pick comes from the death of Jesus, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one to 54. There's some specific details there that I wanted to witness. So it says, The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And then I think this is a comment about what happens later. Coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So a lot of people rise from the dead. And when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. So, I thought about the cross, and I don't think I could handle it to actually see Jesus on the cross, so that's not on my list. But what I would want to see alert. I know what I would want to see is the curtain being torn into and the earth shaking and the rock splitting, and people rising from the dead, and the the people who are killing Jesus looking on and saying, "Wow, he really was the Son of God."
2: I like it. Yeah, that's good pick. that that's that's very powerful. I think uh, you know, I, I appreciate you picking specific aspects of that moment, um as I'm sure that other aspects will come up later in the draft, but uh those are some really powerful images that you identify. So that that's a good good first pick.
0: They are they are powerful images, and I think this is um this is sort of what I was interested in seeing would happen because in, in full disclosure on my part, I have twenty four events on my draft board. That was not one of the twenty four, nice. so wow. you went off of my board, but uh, but I totally it's it's a worthy first pick nonetheless. I think so. Not that you need my approval for your first pick, but <laughs> the depth of the draft, I guess, is what I was thinking yeah, of there. That, sure. that I totally get why that's the first pick, and I didn't even have it on my list. So good pick.
1: All right, what you got, Warren?
0: I got. This one Mace, it's definitely not as dramatic as yours for a first pick, but mine is Jesus on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. Oh. So this is, a, this is so we're, we're, we're heavy in the kind of death resurrection stuff so far. Mm-hmm. But after Jesus' resurrection, he appears to these two guys walking on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, and he has a conversation with them asking what's going on, And they are just kind of downcast because they're like, you know, don't you know what's happening? And he's like, what do you mean? And they say, well, we had hoped that this guy was going to be, you know, the the hope of Israel and all that stuff. And so Jesus, there's a line there that that Luke says where he says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And so like that was, as I was thinking about what do I want to hear Jesus say or talk about if I'm getting to pick these lists that was the thing that I wanted to hear him explain, to explain through the course of Scripture how it got to him and, and to hear him lay all that out, in addition to just then walking with them and experiencing that whole moment with with those two guys as they wrestle with despair and then the the realization that it's Jesus, and I think it's a cool story anyways, but but that was the main part of it, was to hear Jesus explain that aspect of things.
1: Oh yeah, that was on my top five. That's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible.
0: All right, number three. Are okay. you ready,
2: Jason? Yeah. So somehow the two of you did not take my first overall pick. Mm-hmm. See, we we um, all get
0: number one. That was mine yeah. was number one on my board. So we all get the
2: number one. However, on our board. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think about my number one pick because technically. <laughs> technically it's not something that is described in the bible but i think we well all i've will got agree one of those on did. my list so okay. we'll see so it, you can if if you break the rules first and that's a yeah, good it technically is not described in the bible we are only told of the antecedents and the after effects and that is i would like to be in the tomb at the moment when jesus is resurrected Mm. so uh, in Matthew 27 uh, 57 and following it talks about Joseph of Arimathea going to Pilate asking for the body and then lays it in his uh, his own new tomb and rolled the great stone into the door and then it talks about Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, you know coming and uh, then when the next day, when they roll the stone away or, or the there was a great earthquake and the Lord descended, angel of the Lord descended and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. And then, you know, eventually told them, you know, he's not here. And so something happened in that tomb and whatever that was, that would be amazing for me to see. So it's not described what happened in the tomb at that moment. Um, we kind of are, are kind of on the outside of the tomb looking in in the story. But that's what I would like to see. I'd like to be in the tomb. You know, again, if we're talking about that Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, you know, sitting in on key moments in history, that for me is the key moment. And so I would want to be there for that. I like it. Nice
0: reading between the lines. Yeah, and it makes is. me feel better about a later one that I have on my list. So
1: <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> oh, that was creative. Yeah, resurrection. I assume we're all.
0: I assume we're all uh, keeping track of our of our rosters. Yeah, so. yes. just because uh, we'll we'll go over them briefly at the end, kind of as we did last time. I think we did that too. But yeah, all of ours had something to do with with the death or resurrection on the first pick. So interesting.
2: All I right, think that's Rachel. appropriate. I mean, I, I can't I imagine so. having a that, that's why I actually, you know, when we did the um the last draft, I think it was about people that mm-hmm. we wanted to have dinner with or something like that. People we wanted to share a meal with. Yeah, yeah. and we immediately took Jesus off the table cuz that was like the universal first draft pick. Right. Um I I almost wondered if maybe we needed to do that with the death or resurrection of christ but i think there are enough there's enough scenes, differences though. yeah enough enough different scenes and different stories within that that it probably creates enough diversity for people to choose from
0: i agree all right rachel round two Kick my number off.
1: two pick comes from acts chapter two and this is the moment of pentecost when i see warren's face he's scrunching up his teeth like oh man you stole it Um, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the believers in Jesus in verse two, it says, suddenly there came from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. So the coming of the Holy Spirit and how it, like the mechanics of how that happened, I think would be interesting to witness. and to understand if it's even something perceivable. And um, just experiencing that moment of this is kind of the birth of the church when the gospel begins to be proclaimed in all different languages. So that would be super cool to witness that.
2: That was number four on my list. I had that number four. I don't don't know. I feel less good about the order of mind than the number and so that could have been higher i suppose but that's a good that's certainly a very good and worthy number two pick
0: i agree good good moment for sure okay so my second pick i'm gonna go with a a story that comes from second corinthians 12 and it's a man being
2: called up to the third heaven so Okay, you didn't choose mine. I got another story from 2 Corinthians, but it's not that. So it's Paul
0: describing something, and I want to be present with the story that he's describing. So here's, here's what he describes. 2 Corinthians 12, through 4 says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it it was in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things no one is permitted to tell. And so there's lots of thoughts and theories about, is Paul talking about himself there? Is he talking about someone else? Is he trying to be sort of humble and saying, I could boast, this is me, but I'm not going to tell you it's me. And so, but anyways, yeah, just to be, to get to participate and see what Paul says are inexpressible things would, would I think be pretty cool. So, so that's my second pick is going up to the third heaven with whoever Paul is talking about there.
1: I was trying to think of that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, isn't there something about like the third heaven? <laughs>
0: Good job. I couldn't remember
2: if, if it was third or fourth heaven, but was yeah. um,
0: is third heaven. Yeah,
2: so yeah, that's a, a an interesting one. Um Yeah, I, <laughs> I that that was that's very close to something that I chose as well. That may come up a little bit later, but uh, not quite the same. So that's that's good.
0: All right, what's your second pick, Jason?
2: So Rachel already alluded to this a little bit i actually and and i don't know what this says about me i would like to view the moment of jesus's death on the cross i i know it is powerful it's it's it would be very challenging in many different ways and i know that there's a lot of risk associated with uh being a part of a moment like that but just so much of Christian faith is based around the death and the resurrection and so my my I, I felt like I had to make my first pick about the resurrection and the second pick about the death and so I I understand all of the risks and the challenges and the um, problems associated with you know wanting to be there in that moment but I'm going for it anyway.
1: That's good. Can you
2: witness and then tell us about it? I, I, if I were to have the chance to witness, I would certainly try whether or not I'd actually succeed in being able to tell you about it. I don't know.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I will settle for, for hearing your account of it. That one,
0: I totally get all of your reasons for wanting to be there. It did not Mm -hmm. make my list, but
2: I mean, I, I debated debated whether or not to include it for all the reasons that you know, but I just felt like it's so fundamental to our faith, the death and resurrection, that, I mean, I, I didn't see any other way. I didn't see any way that I could exclude it. Yeah. You
0: know? Very good. Makes sense. Quick one
2: sense. for the
1: team. Appreciate <laughs> thanks, it. Thanks. <laughs> well, All right.
0: Round three.
1: My number three pick is a seminar that I would have liked to attend, but I didn't have the opportunity. It was a 40 day long seminar, and it was taught by the most brilliant professor of all time. His name is Jesus, and it happens, uh, or it's mentioned in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It says, He presented himself alive, so this is after Jesus' death and resurrection, after his suffering, by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So after Jesus died and rose again, He then continues the teaching and and keeps instructing the disciples in what the kingdom of God is. And it was probably a lot of repetition of what's already recorded in the Gospels, but I still think that would be super cool to hear Jesus' 40 days of resurrection teaching on the kingdom of God.
2: I never really thought of that as a 40-day seminar, but that that rings true i think that makes sense and yeah I well think that's... it doesn't
1: necessarily say he was there every single day but yeah, yeah. appearing to them during 40 days so there's this period of 40 days so maybe on some days he was lecturing and some days they were doing their homework and studying yeah. so
0: yeah that's a good one i like that one and it um your pick there made me think of a moment that was not originally on my list but i'm now going to pick it at this point instead
1: a change oh
2: wow that's Um, that's risky when you have that deliberately constructed draft board to make a change (laughs) because i knew i knew what my
0: pick was going to be numbers two and three are still on my original draft board so i was going to go with one of those actually but after she said that the 40 days made me think of jesus being tested in the wilderness for 40 days and it may be a little boring at times, because I don't know that there's a lot that's happening some of that time, but if we, if we can have 40-day events, then I'm going to take that 40-day event and be present with Jesus there, see what he is doing, see what that testing looks like, and the interaction between Satan and Jesus, was that something visible? Was that in his head, uh, was there a physical representation of, of Satan there? Getting to experience that time in the wilderness, I think would be pretty cool. That's in um, in Matthew four, and that story also includes one of my favorite verses in Matthew that says, "I've talked about this one before." But after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. <laughs> he was
2: hungry, yeah,
0: yeah. That's just a <laughs> it's a great verse. <laughs>
2: that's, a, uh, that's good. It's good. So
0: we're back back to back forty day forty day yeah. encounters here.
1: That one's really good, but. It's also, to me, almost on the level of the suffering of the cross and, like, seeing Jesus go through 40 days of temptation. That would be tough, but good pick.
0: I'd rather watch 40 days of temptation than a crucifixion, though, I think, so.
2: (laughs) I guess my my feeling about that is I don't know... Well, and, and, and actually I have one coming up that we might get to a little bit later that also falls into this category. I don't know how much we would actually see. You know, how much of that temptation was a temptation that was more inner, in, you know, inner self as opposed no, to No, I external, agree. That's why, you know? yeah.
0: I, I considered not choosing like, it like What would we actually reason?
2: witness as opposed to, you know, because people go through things that are, that if they were to write it out would be incredible and amazing but but what are you you witnessing right what are you actually witnessing from the outside that i don't know
1: well warren would find out for it i would find
2: yeah i will let you know (laughs) once once the ghost from
0: gospel past brings me back right right but i think even just what does jesus do for those 40 days would kind of be interesting to absolutely all right jason number three for you
2: well, so far, I, I'm actually amazed that that my top three have all remained on the board. Um not as well. My fourth pick, what has already been taken, but at least my top three are all still are we're all on the board, and my number three actually follows immediately after uh, Rachel's, and that is Jesus's ascent into heaven. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so in heaven. Acts chapter one. In, uh, well starting in verse 6 they ask him Lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel and then in 7 he says to them it is not for you to know the times and dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and after he said this he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them or hid him from their sight um so i mean it it says that it happened before their very eyes i would like for my eyes to be in that group
1: yeah for sure awesome <sighs> yeah and that one i feel like there's a lot of mystery too like does mm-hmm. he just like he goes up and then just like is behind a cloud and he was like oh no more jesus yep yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that was on my list, too. Good one. Okay, is this my final pick? No, no. this is your fourth pick. We okay. have you more. have two more.
0: All right. It's your fourth pick, okay. Rachel. Okay, so
1: my number four pick is John's vision of the Son of Man or of Jesus in Revelation. So when he has this picture of jesus and so specifically i would say chapter 1 verses 12 and following said then i turned to see the voice that was speaking to me and on turning i saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest the hairs of his head were white like white wool like snow his eyes were like a flame of fire His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And then Jesus says he's the first and the last, the living one. He died, and behold, he is alive forevermore. That's just a really, really powerful image, and uh, I want to see that with John's eyes.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a, I, and I think that one's specifically about wanting to see it with John's eyes. Because again, this is a vision, right? This is, if we were just witnessing what John was witnessing, would we see what he would see? Maybe, not necessarily. You know, that's one of those mysterious ways that it's phrased in the Bible that leaves open to a lot of possibilities. But uh, seeing it through his eyes, it definitely paints a very vivid uh, picture yeah for sure yeah absolutely i like i had some of
0: john's yeah revelation on my list as well but i like this specifics of what you you mentioned there of that vision that would that would be pretty pretty impressive to behold for sure okay uh now i've got my fourth pick i'm sort of regretting my third round pick because oh, I'm realizing now, I'm realizing what? now what's going to what that, that certain things are going to get left out though, and that's, that's oh okay. yeah, that's
2: true, that's true. I, I'm realizing that myself.
0: We're yeah. moving on. We're moving on. It's okay. Uh, mine is going to be the being a participant at witness at the Sermon on the Mount. I'm just going to be be part of the group there, Matthew five and six, just listening to the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest continuous teaching that we have of Jesus. I'd like to hear how he is as a preacher. You know, maybe he's okay. <laughs> and um, I just think that would be a cool, that was sarcasm. If, <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, I think he's yeah, obviously a great
2: preacher. Um, but I mean, I wanna, Maybe, maybe not. You know, he, he came not. to he was, uh, redeem he us. Was, and and uh, save us from our sins, but you don't have to be a great preacher. I mean, the Holy Spirit can do a lot of work. but... Uh, he was certainly compelling. Could. Yeah, he was yeah, certainly yeah. compelling. Yeah.
1: I don't think he communicates in the same way that that modern preachers do. No, that's that's, no, that's, that's <laughs> true, and that's
0: part of what I want. I would want to experience, like what yeah. what was his his method? Um, is the the sermon that we have a condensed version of something that was actually much longer and mm. and kind of you know do we have the condensed version of it basically uh how How did he communicate, what style did he have all those things I think are are interesting to me, so i would I'd pick that
2: sermon being at the Sermon on the Mount yeah that's good okay um so my my next one is i 'll be interested to hear if any of you have it on your list just because it was just something that came to mind. Um, out of the blue and i don't know that if i gave this a lot of thought that i necessarily would have come to it but i actually would have been like to have been there when philemon read the letter that paul wrote to him i Uh, have
0: that i have that on my list that was what i referenced earlier that was sort of a reading between the lines okay all right it's on
2: my list yeah so I think for being such an incredibly short book of the Bible Philemon is just packed with all sorts of interesting nuance and even the rhetorical devices that are used in that letter are just fascinating. You know, if you if you read if you read it on the surface level it's very glowing and praising of Philemon, but if you kind of read between the lines of the letter and if you see kind of what actually is being said here, it's somewhat almost almost a rebuke and maybe even a warning to Philemon. Um, and I, I, I get the sense that Philemon is someone who is important, who probably has people... I don't know that Paul would necessarily go out of his way to, you know, praise Philemon if that wasn't... You know, if he didn't mean it, but also if it wasn't kind of a necessary part of accomplishing what Paul wants to accomplish. So to me, that kind of tells me that Philemon might kind of, I don't know, in a little, you know, in a mild way, think highly of himself. But he's being called to task here. He's being called to change his feelings, to change his belief, to welcome someone that he might otherwise not welcome in Onesimus. And I would like to be there when Philemon reads the letter to see what kind of response and reaction he has to that. Just how does that strike him? How does that hit him when he reads that letter?
1: I had thought of that one, but not in the way that you did of the the letter being received and how Philemon responds. So you have more of an out-of-the-box way of thinking <laughs> about some of these moments,
2: so that's good. What were you thinking about? What was your take on that, that you were just, thinking I about? I guess
1: just the situation and and maybe more of the relationship between Onesimus and
0: Paul. Yeah, I had it as well, Jason. It was number 12 on my list, and um, I the for all the reasons that you stated, Jason, and the other reason that I wondered about, too, is like, he... It's likely that he had other slaves as well, and and I think that would that, that may have been there for the reading of the letter as well. Mm, and so yeah. you know they're standing there thinking, okay, well if Onesimus gets to get freed, what what does that mean for us? Are we are we out too? Uh, you got to run away
1: first. <laughs> so
0: it it creates a ripple effect, not only in the in the church but just in Philemon's in Philemon's yeah. house.
2: Yeah, for real.
0: Yeah. I like it. All right, final round. Uh, the number, the number two event on my draft board is still here, which makes no sense since I have four things drafted. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> yeah, well, you did I, you, by your own admission went completely yeah. off. I the went board off the board with number three
0: in the with the third pick, and it messed up. It messed up my draft, and but that's that's what you do. You get on the clock and you, yeah. you do things. So it's okay. I'll recover. Rachel, kick off the final round.
1: Yeah, we'll all have a book of great experiences to go away with. So Um, I have several more moments from Acts, but I think I'm going to let those um, take the, you know, the precedence will be taken by another scene with Jesus. And this is where he shows grace but also calls uh, everyone to righteous living and I think examining of their own hearts. So this is um, John 8 when the woman is brought to Jesus for judgment for committing adultery and in verse starting in verse 7 it says he stood up and said to said to them let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground Um, But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. So to me, this is almost an epitome story of the grace of Jesus with also the call to righteous living. And so he says, I don't condemn you. Although I am the one who has the authority and the right to do so because I'm the only one left standing who's without sin, um, I don't condemn you, but I call you to abandon this lifestyle of sinning. And so I just love that story. So that's my last pick.
2: That's good. Uh, that That is definitely a moment that I, I think is kind of pivotal to my... Um, kind of reading of scripture in general about the grace that Jesus shows the um, you know the firmness that he shows but also the uh, kind of struggle or the the way that he that he engages with people in a way that is incredibly countercultural to the faith environment that he exists in and that's why it's so radical. I think that's why it it is described, you know, in the way that it is is because it is so radically different from the faith environment that he lived in and and I think that's really powerful.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I like the story. All right. So my um my fifth pick Like you, Rachel, I debated on going with another Jesus story. The next five uh, moments on my board are, are from the Gospels, but I'm going to go with a, a story from Acts because I don't have an Acts story yet. So mine is going to be the Jerusalem Council oh. in Acts 15.
2: Oh, <laughs> that, that, I was debating whether or not to make that my fifth pick. It's on my list for sure.
0: That's, that's going to be my pick. It's my pick because uh, that story and what happens there because you were kind of talking about it being that the the other story being a pivotal story for you jason i think the acts 15 story is a pivotal one for me in sort of thinking about scripture and how we how i wrestle with scripture and and read scripture uh like i said just at least for me personally because what you have in acts 15 in the with the jerusalem council is you have There's there's some Jews, as the gospel is expanding to the Gentiles, you have some Jews who are saying, wait a minute, some Jewish Christians are saying, wait a minute, all these Gentiles, they need to abide by the law of Moses and get circumcised. And so you've got Jewish leaders who are debating this. What do we need to do with all these Gentiles who are coming in? And so in the middle of that, in verse 28 of Acts 15, um, what they end up sending then to the the church, to the the believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, part of what they send to him is it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idol, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. And just that idea that this group of people comes together and then says this seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit to put these, whatever, requirements, whatever you want to call those, these things on you. Uh, that idea of, of discerning alongside the Spirit, what, is, what makes sense for us in our current context to live out the gospel story now, I think has been very influential for me as I think about faith, church, scripture, the Spirit, all, all kind of everything wrapped up in all of that as we go about trying to do the same thing in our context. So, and I would just, I would like to hear the different voices going back and forth and what that conversation sounded
2: like. So that's, that's my fifth pick. Nice. Yeah, I, I had that on my list. Um, actually looking at my list, incl- including that particular passage, the Council of Jerusalem, I have one, two, three, four left on my list from Acts. Uh, and I was debating whether or not to make that my last pick, but you, you simplified that debate a little bit. he helped you. Yeah, so I, I see this as really a, a really interesting uh, description of early church organization and early church uh, kind of theological disagreement and how they go about working through that. Um, you know, I, and, and I think it's debatable as to how successful that debate was at the time. But I think now we read through that and, and most Christians, I think, would, you know, are, are it, it, we may even be a little bit confused as to, well, what's the what's the big deal? What's the what was the you know, why was this such a big concern? But it was. And I think that that can be informative to the things that we feel now are such a big deal and such a big concern that um, it, not necessarily saying that we shouldn't advocate for what we believe, but but let's advocate in a way that puts the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and, and our faith in God first and engage in that way and have those faithful debates and have those faithful, um, you know, conversations about it.
0: All right, Jason, last
2: pick, last pick of the draft. Okay. Uh, now, before I give my last pick, are, are we going to have a uh, a lightning round of just the things left on our board? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, all right, I'm debating. There are two, really, that I'm debating between. And I think I'm going to go with Paul preaching in Athens in Acts 17, 16 through 34. Um, it really comes down to that or or one other that I'll get to in a second. Um, But in in Paul's preaching in Athens, it was, you know, Athens was the center of so much culture at the time, Um, you know, non, you know, certainly non-Christian, but also non-Jewish, you know, despite being Athens and not Rome, Athens heyday had had, you know, kind of had passed Um, But Athens was still a cultural, uh, uh, had a lot of cultural influence. And Paul, you know, when he goes to Athens, you know, it it says that he was distressed to see a city full of idols. Um, And he starts preaching there and he stood up in a meeting and said, you know, I see in every way that you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship... I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown god. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, um, and and the way that he's received is not exactly with open arms, but he's not he's also not ostracized and you know stoned the way that that Andrew or Stephen is rather, um, and and so down in verse thirty two says when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. But others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. And at that, Paul left the council. And I, I don't know, I just think seeing Paul proclaiming the gospel in such a demonstrative and unequivocal way unequivocal way, in what is essentially a, um, I don't know if I would describe it a hostile environment, but just not a friendly or welcoming environment. You know, at one point, the philosophers begin to debate with him and then they say, what is this babbler trying to say? Um, and so there's, there's definitely a, a extreme disconnect of ideology, extreme disconnect in philosophy and faith and religion uh, much in the same way that we often see that disconnect existing today as well. And so I would, I would have liked to have seen how, you know, not only how Paul handled that, but, you know, it doesn't say that Paul just rebukes and and condemns them. He engages in dialogue. You know, there is some some rebuking, but but there's it seems I don't know. The tone seems to be that there's a respectful debate that happens, and I would I, I'm kind of a sucker for that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's in your
0: wheelhouse.
2: <laughs> that's in my. That's right in my wheelhouse. I can yeah. see that you you being up for for a good
0: debate and sure, yeah, wanting, yeah, wanting to. To be there for that, yeah. the The interchange of of ideas and perspectives and worldviews and all that would be interesting to to sort of be a fly on the wall for right. there for sure. Yeah, good stuff. So that was my fifth and final pick. That's your fifth. Okay, you. now before we get to before we get to our OLI's, our outside looking ins, as uh, a is one of the podcasts that like that I listen to. It does a lot of top five lists. Calls it. Um, let me, let me ask you a little bit of a rules question here, because if you're an NFL team and you ended up liking an undrafted player better than one of the players you drafted, you could cut the player you drafted and, and pick up a player. Can I, can I pick up a moment in exchange for a moment I drafted?
2: <laughs> Man, if this were anything resembling an actual serious draft, I would say absolutely no way. That is that is so beyond the pain. No one else.
0: That's you can do that though.
2: You can draft. You can cut draft picks for I, undrafted free agents. I'll take I'll take your word for it, just because you're more knowledgeable about football drafts than I am. But that sounds ridiculous to me.
0: No, <laughs> if you make
2: a mistake, you cut them and move on.
0: <laughs> you don't live with your mistake. Sorry.
1: Later in the season, but yeah, I say take it, Warren. Whatever, sure, whatever uh, you want, take it.
0: I'm making my own rules here, and I'm switching. Yeah,
1: making them up as we go.
0: Yeah. So I'm taking out Jesus tested in the wilderness because I do think Ouch. it would end up being boring. I know. I, and so the number four on my list is actually number two is still on my list, but I'm not taking it. I'm taking what was number four on my list. The shepherds in the field when the angels come and announce Jesus's birth. Um I want to be there with with the shepherds. That seems like a much better moment to me than than the testing in the wilderness to see what that looked like when angels when heaven opens up and there's angels proclaiming and singing and all that stuff. I think that would be fun and um seems like a much more awe-inspiring moment that that would be cool to witness. So I'll I'm replacing that one. I cut Jesus in the wilderness. It didn't even make it through training camp. It, it's out of there. We brought in someone else, and we're just going to cut our losses with our third round pick.
2: Wow, so Wow! And okay. You had a so spreadsheet what? Spreadsheet and everything, and this still happened.
0: <laughs> but I ended up with oh, numbers man. on my draft board in my final list. I have numbers one, three, four, and five from my draft board now, and ten. Jerusalem Council was tenth, but um, hey, it was I ended tenth on my with, board too. On the one, so I feel pretty good about my draft after fixing that mistake. Remind me, what was your number five? I forgot. My you fifth one was the Jerusalem Council. The oh, Jerusalem that's right. Council. Yeah. Do we want to go through our list first and then run through the lightning round? Sure. So, Rachel, you drafted first. Remind us now of your list of five and
1: okay. So, if you have any thoughts on it, it had overall? The tombs opening and people coming out of the tombs at Jesus' death, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming. Jesus preaching on the kingdom of God after his resurrection, the vision of Jesus in Revelation, and Jesus saying he does not condemn the woman, but go and sin no more.
0: Great. You have, do you have any overall thoughts on your list? Any themes? Um,
1: I guess they're all about Jesus or the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all about Jesus straight up, just Jesus, Jesus, seeing, centric. seeing Jesus. Well, I guess the, the moment of Pentecost maybe is debatable, but uh, spirit, Jesus yeah. and the spirit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good. All right. So mine were Jesus on the road to Emmaus, a man called up to the third heaven, Jesus preaching the sermon on the Mount, the Jerusalem council, and then being with the shepherds in the field. So all of mine were either Jesus, uh, well, I guess teaching or debate or, or three of them with Jesus being sent at the center of two of them. And then the other two both have to do with heavens or some type of experience with, with heavenly, the heavenly realm. So that's my list.
2: Jason, what did you have? So I had um, the moment of resurrection Happening in the tomb, out outside the view of the the writers of the gospel, uh, and then the actual moment of death of uh, on the cross in Matthew twenty seven, uh, Jesus's ascent into heaven uh, from Acts one, and so all three of those have to do with the death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. You got um, them all, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Death. Well, you got death, resurrection, and ascent. That's yeah. Like- moments
2: of yeah good. Uh, and then I have when Philemon reads uh, the letter from Paul and then Paul preaching in Athens so the what I consider to be the most important moments in Jesus' life and then um, kind of two moments of Paul I, I think the thing that those two things have in common the letter to Philemon and preaching in Athens is using his rhetorical skills and using his skills of respectful debate and engagement to speak truth to power. Yeah. Very good.
0: Good lists. I like them. So let's see, Rachel, what did you, what did you have for what did, your, what did uh, you
2: say that the podcast you listened to call this part of the draft? Oh, O-L-I, Outside Looking In. Okay, I, I listened to a podcast where they call this Bring Out Your Dead. It's a reference <laughs> to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> where you just bring out everything that you have left.
0: <laughs>
2: All right, so let's,
0: let's bring out our dead in the O-L-I round. Yeah. What do you got, Rachel? Okay, I'm
1: going get speed round. So I also had the appearance of angels before, during, and after the birth of Jesus. So to Mary, Zechariah, and to the shepherds, um, the anointing of Jesus' feet. Peter's preaching at Pentecost and the response, Paul and Peter singing at midnight in prison and the freeing of the prisoners and the conversion of the jailer, Stephen's speech before being stoned, Um, the woman at the well having conversation with Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000, and the raising of Lazarus.
2: Oh, raising of Lazarus. I can't believe I left that one off my list. That's (laughs) an excellent, excellent pick.
1: If you saw Jesus raised from the dead, though, you probably don't need to see. You don't need to see else. Lazarus.
2: <laughs> I don't know. That, I mean, the Son of God's one thing, but a regular human being—that—that that, I can see yeah. there being differences there. You know? Just the crowd reaction there would have been
0: would have been cool to see. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I had some, but not all of those. Feeding of the five thousand was was number two on my draft board that that I did not draft. So, yeah. Jason, I think I had the most list on my list, so I want to you you go next, okay. and then I'm gonna see how many I have left.
2: Um, so I had the boy Jesus at the temple. Just what was that like? And you know, what was it? What was it like to see a kid, uh, you know, speaking words of wisdom in that way? Uh, Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus from Acts nine, uh, Jesus turning water into wine, only because that is one of the funniest images that of any of the miracles of jesus uh just you know we're at a party and 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 they run out of wine and mary says hey jesus we're we'll run out of wine and and jesus like goes hey it's not my time woman <laughs> you know, and and then he turns it into wine so anyway that's he funny. says
1: no and then he means yes yes oh, we talked about that before yes, the that's podcast. right, <laughs> that's right.
2: Um, And then my number 10 was actually the Council of Jerusalem, like you said. Uh, My number 11 was uh, Singing in the Prison and the Conversion of the Jailers that, Rachel, you mentioned. Um, And then I had... Peter and the sheet of unclean animals from acts 10 again that was one of those where would I actually mm-hmm. witness anything or was that a vision that only Peter had and I wouldn't necessarily see much I don't know but still it'd be interesting to see I did the uh, same
0: mental I did the same mental exercise on that story yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and then the last one and I don't really know exactly what I would see in this but I've I've always been curious about second Corinthians. 12, 7 through 9, when Paul talks about, you know, his, his grievance, his thorn in the mm. flesh. I, I'd like to kind of bear witness to what he means, whatever it is he means by that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That that may and be. That's,
2: that's, that's, I don't know that that necessarily stands up to any kind of theological reason why I would want to see that. Just, I guess, uh, voyeuristic curiosity. I don't know. Because ultimately, I don't think it really matters what it was from a theological perspective, but it's just curious. I think it could, yeah,
1: I think if it really did he depends would have on what said the thorn what is it, what it was you know it's the point is just that God's grace is sufficient for us in suffering, so
2: exactly, yeah, and that's that's how I've always read it, and so that's why I don't know how important that is, but it's just more of a curiosity than anything. do you have a theory
0: on what his thorn in the flesh was me, yeah. No,
2: I, I mean, there have been so many theories put out there and all of them, in my opinion, fail, uh, fail under scrutiny, in my, in my opinion. I, I mean, I don't care. I, I don't care what it is, everything that I've ever read about what that could be. I, at the end of the day, it's just like, this is complete speculation. So Really? Well, yeah, it's complete speculation. But my favorite
0: theory is that he had some type of... Um, what we would probably categorize now as some type of cerebral palsy, or something like that, which I think makes sense from a lot of different standpoints. That he, um, like, because there's a couple of letters that at the end he says, "See, I'm writing this with my own hand," oh. like which you can either just see as contextual that most people, you know, he's somebody else is writing it, or that like it was a painful struggle for Paul to write, and like I'm writing this. You know how much I mean it for me to write it. And I think it makes sense for it to be something physical that, in my mind, that makes sense. That, like, man, if I could just move around easier, I could do so much more stuff. And um, and God's like, no, we're good. You're doing all right. It's my favorite theory. But, like you said, it's all speculation. Who knows? Uh, um, okay, so I've got – but that, that did make me think of another, a, another interesting draft, Jason, could be um, – Top five questions we'd like to ask Paul about things he wrote. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> that could lead you down a lot of different roads. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that could be a good one. I've had, uh, okay. I've definitely had a challenging relationship with Paul throughout my life. So, well, so I have that lots, would be lots of questions. What are the lines. five questions you want to
0: ask Paul? So the the main Jesus story that I am a little surprised that didn't end up on anyone's list is the Transfiguration. We didn't have that. I don't think I've even heard that. That came so to
2: mind – I don't know why I didn't put it on my list. I may have just um, – uh, in my rush to get my list together, I may have just forgotten to put it on there. But I, I did consider that one.
0: That story, Marcia has, has actually been helpful in helping me think different about that story because that, I think Marcia has talked about how in her mind she sees that as a pivotal story in John's life that – that she thinks that was kind of a wake up call. If I'm putting words in my mouth, probably now, but a wake up call almost for John. And that if you listen to a lot of his words about light and love, mm. um, that she sees a lot of influence from the the transfiguration experience there for John, which I think is a is a cool way of thinking about that, and probably would have been a very transformative moment for. For them to have experienced, So I had that. Uh, I did have Jesus appearing to the disciples after the resurrection in John 20, uh, just kind of that moment after the resurrection. Jesus healing a man born blind in John 9. Jesus healing the paralyzed man where they dig through the house and lower the guy down. I thought that would have been cool. I had some other just kind of general, like uh, in Mark 4, where there's kind of a series of parables of Jesus preaching in parables. Listening to him tell some parables would have been cool. His final words to the disciples in John 15 and 16. And then Jesus walking on the water. We, ne- we didn't have that one either.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, man. Th- there are some big ones that I left off my there's list. There's some that's, big that's, ones. That's that's a huge one. Huge one. Right? That one might have even broken into my top five.
0: <laughs>
2: well, we have set
0: the precedent that you can cut your draft picks for undrafted free agents. No, so, I, uh, I,
2: I, <laughs> I'm uh, morally against that draft philosophy. <laughs>
0: The two others that I had from Acts, one's at the very end of Acts, which was sort of the end of Acts, Acts 28, Paul in Malta, where they have the shipwreck, and he ends up on the island. It's just a great scene where a snake comes out, bites him, so everybody is like, oh, he's a murderer, this is fate getting him, and then he throws the snake into the fire and lives, and they're like, oh, never mind, he's a god. Yeah. And so that just, like, vast turnaround from thinking he's a condemned murderer to, oh, he's a god, would have been just been a cool scene to to be present for that one. And then Philip teaching the, the Ethiopian in the, the chariot, just kind of being there. Like how does Philip arrive there? It says he just kind of, you know, and then he's taken away. I think basically something like that, it says, and that's in Acts eight. So just being there for that whole experience and, and interaction I think would have been cool too. So those, those are the others I had on my lengthy
2: draft board. Very that's good. a great list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, well, i, I, I got to we... say, I, I, I'm shocked at some of the picks you had given what was on your draft board. Jesus walking on the water, man. I completely forgot about that. That's my excuse. I don't know what yours is. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: could only choose five, but yeah. you chose
2: six. <laughs> I think
0: it's because I wanted to see a couple of very miraculous type things, and I thought the man being called up into the heaven would have been like more miraculous even than some of the others probably. And then as I thought about Jesus specifically, I wanted to hear him talk more than do things, I think. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear teaching. So specifically if there was teaching that isn't included in what we have, is there stuff to fill in the gaps on any of that? So, yeah, but it was tough. And, you know, um, if I actually got the chance to do this, maybe my list would end up looking different. But for today, that's what that's my five.
2: That's good. So good list. Well, this was
0: good. I uh, appreciated getting to do this. It's a, a fun exercise to think through. Hopefully others will find it uh, thought-provoking, interesting as well. I do think we made the right choice in limiting it to the New Testament. That was a discussion. Beforehand was, do we want to do all the Bible? Just New Testament? So looking at, at how many moments we each had left on our boards, certainly uh, New Testament seems to be the right, the right approach. And so maybe we'll do Old Testament at some point in the future depending on on what feedback we get from others so would be I'd be curious to hear if uh if anyone is still listening at this point and thinks maybe maybe someone else is thinking of an item we still haven't listed that we've left off even our our o l i dead list um or if you have thoughts on maybe maybe people have thoughts on whose list they would prefer if you could travel with one of our rosters that might be an interesting <laughs> an interesting mm. poll question if you could only mm. choose one of these sets whose would you choose so Interesting stuff to think through and appreciate uh, y'all, Rachel and Jason, for for spending time and thinking about this in advance and participating in in this draft
2: today. Yeah, this is good. Thank you.
0: Rachel, you want to close us out with prayer for today? Yes, let's
1: pray. Jesus, you are so awesome. Thank you for all the amazing things that you have done in the lives of people thousands of years ago, and in our lives today. Thank you that we have these stories and we get to read about your miracles and your teachings, and I just pray that you would help those to sink deep into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.